Stevenson. Ooh. And I'm Christy Brooks. Hi, Christy. She's the Yank. And she's the Limey. Hi there. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about wine and books and anything that takes our fancy, really. So uh, we kind of always kick off with a wine. What are we drinking tonight, Christy? We are on Molusca. This is a Blanc de Blanc. Yeah. Um, actually, wait. Wait for it. Yeah, there that's always a good sound, isn't it? Um, can I just say, I you're the wine guru, but but I bought this one for us tonight, um, and the reason I bought it was that I just fell in love with the label. To, to describe the label, describe the label to us because it's just really cool. I it's think. a beautiful label. So um, in the background, we've got like tentacles of octopus. I think that's a little squid yeah. on there. And yeah, little just bits of seafood, a seashell. Right? Yeah, um, I thought that this was going to be a an Albarino, but this is not. This is actually from our area. This, oh, is, this, is, a, this is a Mallorquin restaurant, and, and uh, the Dominicien uh, de Origin um, is Pla y Levant, Mallorca. So it's not just from Mallorca; it's from the east side, particularly. Um, the blend is a Prencel Blanc and Chardonnay, and I'm pretty sure that all white wines in Mallorca have to have a little bit of Prencel Blanc. Why is that? It's a Mallorquin... Mallorquin thing. Thing in Mallorquin. Okay. It's a Mallorquin um, grape as well. There's a lot of very um, weird rules in Mallorca, and that wouldn't surprise me at all that some wine has to have some sort of something in it. Um, uh, so have us a taste and tell us what you think. Okay. Because she is the wine expert. I'm going to say I like drinking it, but I'm I'm not very good at judging it. Um, what do you think? Mm. Mm, yeah. Good. So we've just finished having an Albarino from Galicia, which I found quite nice. It was um, you found it a little bit minerally, a and bit minerally, and a bit um, sort of a bit thin. Right. Really. So which, I'm going to which, taste this one now. Okay. Okay. You, there's going to be a lot of flavor in this one. Oh, I much prefer this one. It's richer. Much better, yeah. yeah. It's almost sort of buttery, mm-hmm. right? That's the Chardonnay bit. Really nice. Yeah. Really good. And um, I can't remember, actually, how much it was, but I think it was about six or seven euros, something like that. Sounds about right yeah. for this one. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk to you very quickly because it always makes me laugh, really about the price of wines everywhere. (laughs) So I've been in New Yorker for probably about 18 months. You've been here for... Seven years. Seven years, my God. Mm. Uh, That's why she's so tanned, everyone, I just want to say. Um, (laughs) But it astounds me. I mean, coming from England, where booze is incredibly expensive, um, New York is so cheap. Oh, my God, it's so cheap. And and I would just like to comment that this being a seven or eight year bottle of white wine, this is going to be one of your lower priced of Mallorca. Yeah. Um, whereas Spanish wines from the peninsula are even cheaper Mm -hmm. um, because Mallorca is still, um, coming back. It's reemerging as a wine, um, region from the last 70 years, I'd say, um, they're still very small vineyards, so they very small producers. So the price is a lot higher. Um, so actually, for the price and the flavor, this is fantastic. Mm. This is really fantastic. We live in the north of the island in a in a town called Arta. Am I saying that correctly? Arta. I would say Arta. Arta. I would say Arta. Arta. And I just have to say, I think it's northeast. A lot of northeast. people say it's okay. the north, but it is the northeast. Okay. And 
And there's a bar in Arta called Bar Central, yeah. which is a couple of tables on the pavement, really, and, and not much else. Um, and it astounds me that there are orange trees growing all over Arta. I mean, literally all over. And you sort of stumble over them on the pavements because they drop on the floor. No one picks them up, really. No one really just, does anything they're with them. The they're just there. Decorations. Yeah. So it smells yes. like oranges. Yeah. And a glass of freshly squeezed orange juice in the bar, in Bar Central, this is, is a good point. three euros. And a glass, a large glass of very nice cold white wine is one euro fifty. <laughs> so it's half the price of a glass of freshly squeezed orange juice, which is probably why all the Americans and Germans and English people who live here are permanently pissed. I mean, they just drink wine, don't they? I mean, <laughs> if orange juice is twice affordable as much, to stay. <laughs> it's really affordable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we had spoken earlier about the difference in prices mm. um, compared to Spain, and I guess this is all of Southern Europe. But yeah. um, California is crazy ridiculous, and it does have a, um, probably everything to do with taxes, but you can't get... You You go to Napa Valley, yeah. and you go to any restaurant, you get usually like a flight or just even a glass. You're not going to get... What's a flight? A wine flight in, is when you order, instead of one five-ounce glass, you get three two-ounce glasses or something like this oh, right. of three different so wines. Three so three very taste. small glasses of wine. Yes. Okay. And, and so the, this is... You, That's you not going to fly in England, I'll tell you that. <laughs> we're, flight's we're, not going to fly. No, <laughs> flight's not going to fly in We're real boozers in England, I'm ashamed to say, really, you know. Well, I think everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's shameful. Yeah, you know? well. We're not used to... The it's the eating. rain. It's the rain. It's the grey skies. But we're not used to not... Um, we're kind of not used to eating, really, with wine, you know. Here, I notice very quickly that people, when they go out for a drink, they don't mean a drink. They mean a drink and something to eat. Yeah. You know, in England, you go out for a drink and you drink from, you know, 7 o'clock in the evening till you get thrown out of the pub. Without eating, or maybe you have a bag of crisps. Yes, yeah. this is the difference between um, California wines and, say, French wines and Spanish wines in general. Um, I took a Bordeaux class when I was in California from a woman who had um, done these workshops and teaching us about French wine. And that's the first thing and the most important thing yeah. was that you, these wines are not meant to be drunken. These mm -hmm. are these wines are meant to be go with food. Go with food, yeah. and and it's really incredible how you taste the wine and then with nothing and then you yeah. have a piece of cheese and then you taste the wine again and all the flavors come out mm. that's really something key <laughs> whereas california wines yeah. and they're meant to be drinking yeah or drunk or drunk, <laughs> or drunk. this is this is the, the american and english coming out isn't it yeah yes yeah yeah we, we were never I, taught that no. properly can i can i just talk you just mentioned the word cheese Right. Yes. I just want to talk very quickly about, I think we both discovered this kind of last week, really. But there's an incredible market here every Tuesday. And uh, we discovered some truffle cheese. Oh. How good is the truffle cheese? We oh. Oh. It's so good, yeah. right? It's really yeah. wonderful. Really, really good. If anyone gets an opportunity to try some truffle cheese i urge you to do it because it's wonderful and then and then laura made truffle mac and cheese which was like the <laughs> ultimate comfort food oh, oh so good right so good talking about comfort food can i um bring in my my book of the week 
Yeah, so just to let you guys know, um, every week we're going to open a wine and taste it, and we're going to talk about Laura Lockington's book pick of the week, um, or writer, or something interesting literature-wise. Okay. And um, this is what she's chosen for this week. So uh, this week, unusually for me, because I'm not a lover of short stories, actually, uh, this is a short story, and it went viral. And the most interesting thing to me is it's a complete mashup. So it's written by Rachel Manija Brown, who's a YA fan fiction writer. YA, as I'm sure you all know, stands for young adult. Um, and she wrote a book, she wrote a short story called No Reservations, Narnia. Um, and it's a complete mashup between Narnia and Anthony Bourdain which is the most extraordinary combination you could possibly imagine. So Narnia, as I'm sure you'll know, is this magical fictional world created by C.S. Lewis, who died probably, I don't know, 50 years ago, I would think. Um, Anthony Bourdain sadly passed away not that long ago, took his own life, which is really sad. Um, And he was like a real ballsy uh, chef, started out his, his... main bestseller, I suppose, is Kitchen Confidential. Um, So she writes this story where Anthony Bourdain falls through the magic wardrobe of Narnia, into Narnia, and he gets to eat and feast with all the magical, mystical creatures of Narnia. So he feasts with Puddleglum, and he feasts with the Dryads and Naiads, and he feasts... It is just extraordinary. Puddleglum was um, one of the characters in Narnia... And it was the voyage of the dawn treader. And Puddleglum is, they live in the marshes and he's very miserable. And they eat terrible things really, like muddy carp. <laughs> and sort of bread, made flat bread, made out of sort of soggy bits of everything. But So Anthony Bourdain eats with him? He eats with him. And he, he, it just turns into this wonderful thing. Um, and then he eats with the speaking, the talking wolves in the forest. Wow. And they feast on flesh and blood sausage. And uh, it's just amazing. And it's a short story. It's a, a short story. It's not a book. And find it online. If you just Google No Reservations, Narnia, it will come up. And the reason why it came up is that um, the New Yorker food correspondent, whose name is Helen Rosner, um, fell upon this and just loved it, and sent it to Anthony Bourdain. Now, the writer of the short story had also sent it to Anthony Bourdain and hadn't heard anything. And because she was a fan, she was really worried that he had taken offence to it and he didn't like it. Mm. Uh, The truth was he hadn't read it. And until Helen Rosen sent it to him, um, he hadn't read it. But the lovely thing is, he read it a month before he died. And he wrote to Rachel saying, I love this. Actually, what he said was, I effing love this. Because he, he <laughs> liked to swear, didn't he, Anthony? Uh, bless him. Um, and she was thrilled, and so am I, because it is probably the most loving homage to someone that you love that you could possibly write. Um, and it's magical. And I really want everyone to read it because... When I read it, I got goosebumps, you know? You know when the hair goes on the back of your neck? It was that, it was that sort of time for me. Oh. So you're, you're, you're going to love it. I you know. Really I'm are. excited to read it, that's yeah. for sure. And I thought very interesting for us because 
you know, you're the yank and I'm the limey. And this couldn't be a more sort of Anglo-American story you could possibly mash-up. imagine. A mashup. About a mashup. Yeah. <laughs> In it's a mashup. It's <laughs> real, really ex- extraordinary, you know. Yeah, nice. I know. And it's so sad that Anthony Bourdain's not with us anymore, isn't I it? I know. May he rest in peace and just... Yes. Anthony, here's it's a little bit of some, this wine yeah. for you. Cheers and glasses to, to Anthony because he was, um, I think, a really special writer. Um, his writing was extraordinary, I think. His travel writing, which isn't as well known as his cookery writing, is just wonderful. And when he talks about being in Vietnam and uh, the way he describes the food of Vietnam is is just makes you want to go there immediately, you know? Uh, do you ever write any recipes in any of these books? He gives, he gives sort of vague outlines. Okay. Because I think he assumes... That everyone um, wants to wants to cook and can cook, so it's just a vague kind of outline, really. So that was my phone going off. I, I, I apologise about we're, that. We're techies yeah. here. That's why we're, we're doing a podcast. Not of phones. Not of phones around the table. Um, yeah. But let's stop there for a second. Yeah. We're going to take a short message from our sponsor, yeah. um, which today is uh, Joanna Welton Flowers. Absolutely. And uh, we'll tell you a little bit about them here in a message, and we're going to come back. And see you soon. And see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Today it's been brought to you by Joanna Walton Flowers. Beautiful flower arrangements for yachts, weddings, receptions, bridal bouquets, parties, corporate events, offices, or just for the home. She's got 30 years of experience, and she's been on Mallorca for about 10 years now. You can find all the information you need at joannawelton.com.